Three women, one big idea and a whole lot of fire. What happens when black student athletes are time and time again used as forms of entertainment, but not given the same respect when the jersey is taken off? With just a day's notice, our guests organized a Black Lives Matter protest. Listen to hear more about the hurdles, the triumphs, and the future plans to fight for an end to racial injustice and systemic racism within collegiate sports and beyond. Okay, so before introductions, um, since we're a 501c nonprofit, I just have to give a short disclaimer before we get into the topic today. But Uncut, this is a uh, prepared statement. Uncut is a nonpartisan and nonpolitical and does not endorse or promote any candidate, party, or political cause or platform. All views expressed in this podcast are of the speaker alone and do not necessarily reflect those of Uncut. So I am the host, Jules Makia of Benched, and I am beyond excited to have our three wonderful guests today, Nicole, Lauren, and Rachel, and I will let them give short intros of themselves. Hello, everyone. My name is Nicole Barnes. I am a junior on the women's track and field team, and I'm an exercise and sports science general major. Hi, my name is Lauren Hall, and I'm a junior on the track and field team, and I'm an exercise and sports science pre-med major. Hey everyone, my name is Rachel Jones. I'm a junior on the women's soccer team and I'm a public policy major. So just to give a quick background of what we're going to be talking today about today is the Black Lives Matter protest that occurred um, a couple weeks ago now, but it was actually organized by these three wonderful women. And I would love if you guys took me through the process of organizing this protest and um, kind of what inspired you to get there. Well, um, I first saw the post about all SEC schools, universities, you know, um, doing this protest on the 21st of August, on that Saturday. And um, I thought, why not, you know, join the movement? And they also called out all NCAA universities. So when I saw that post, I sent it to Nicole and I was like, well, this is kind of a good idea. We should, you know, try to do it. And then we ended up sending it to Cricket in our Black Voices group chat. Yeah, and then after that, I think in true college student form, nobody really responded to that original group me. So it didn't take until that Friday where I sent in our Black leadership group message asking Cricket if it was still happening. And then that was right before I went to practice. So then Cricket was like, yeah, let's try and figure it out. Let's get it scheduled. And then by the time that I was out of practice, it was sort of like everything was already in motion. Nicole and Lauren already got graphics ready. And like the only thing I really had to do was send it out to teams and help get people there. Yeah. So I guess like in the time while Rachel was in practice, um, me and Lauren had like sat down and just got everything together. We had like put, you know, made the graphics, made the flyer that was sent out to everyone. Um, and we, uh, I contacted the police chief to make sure like it was okay for us to protest on the street and, um, make sure just, just basically everything would be safe for all the other student athletes out there. Yeah. So the protest was a part of the March on my campus initiative, which is to show that student athletes or black student athletes specifically are more than just athletes and that we're also black. And in order to support us, you have to support us as black people as well. And, that was the main point of our protest. And since we had only 
started organizing it the day before. I think for me, I was kind of scared that it was only going to end up being women's soccer and track there. So then once we were walking and we turned on to Franklin and you see all of these people in black shirts, it's like it was like this huge sense of relief and honestly pride to see that so many people in our community care about us as people too. Yeah, I definitely think that it was a great turnout for it to be the last minute. And I was nervous seeing, yeah, I thought it was only going to be our two teams. But when, like, especially the big, not bigger teams, but the um, more publicized teams showing up and they were posting it on their social medias and things, I knew things were going to actually turn out how we wanted it to be. And it was actually a great great experience everybody coming together especially in the midst of the pandemic yeah I didn't um I th- I thought it was going to be like maybe because when I talked to uh the police chief on the phone and he's one of the questions he asked me was well how many people do you expect to be there I said well we could get from 50 to 100 I don't really I don't really know um it's just a matter of how many people how many people how many people we get the word out to um, and when I, when I looked out, when me and Lauren were behind McDonald's making posters on her car, when I walked towards, uh, Franklin street and I see like this large number of people, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like way more than I expected, way more than I anticipated. So I had to go and tell the, um, the captain that was over our march, like listen I didn't expect it to be this many people but this is this this is like as you can see it's a lot of people and he was like yeah you're fine you have nothing to worry about we're gonna be there uh to help you guys cross the street and everything so yeah that that's I, I was really glad to see the large turnout that was there um and what feedback were you getting kind of before the protest during and then after the protest from teammates um social media I know is a big one just like the local community in general? Um, I think before the protest, the first feedback I got was definitely from Cricket, making sure like we were fine, making sure everything was good. And then Medeas, my teammate, Medeas Sloper, he's also a junior on the track and field team. Um, he called me, he was like, well, what do you need me to do? And I was like, well, I might need you to lead a few chants. I might need you to do, you know, a, like a few different things that I knew he had the capability of doing because he's done it before. Um, but... During, I didn't really hear much because I was trying to stay off my phone, focus on, you know, what we were there to do. But after I got like a a lot of me and Lauren and I think Rachel as well, got a lot of like news reporters contacting us, trying to get us to talk to them about the march. Um, And just a lot of people texting me and Lauren and Rachel and telling us like we did a great job. They were super proud of us for putting this together in such a short time and that they were um, just happy to have, you know, black women leadership. (laughs) Yeah, um, even our coaches, before the protest, we um, reached out to our coaches and told them about it and wanted to have a last-minute team meeting to just let everybody know what was going on the next day and hopefully have a good turnout from the track team. And they got it together in less than an hour and sent it out to everybody. Everybody got on, and it seemed very supportive from our team, and I was very happy about that. And also during the march, I felt a lot of support again because all of the teams that came out and everybody just seemed as one collective. And after, like they said, the a lot of support from outside people looking in, like, wow, Carolina's really taking initiative and doing a protest and these women led this protest and everything. So Yeah, I agree with everything Lauren and Nicole said and then 
for me being SAC president, like I have a lot of communication with everybody in the athletic department and from basically every single person from the top to the bottom, almost like everybody reached out to me and said how proud they were of us and how well we represented Carolina on that day. So it shows that this whole movement is part of what Carolina Athletics as a whole believes in. Yeah, uh, Lauren, you brought up a really interesting kind of statement where you said women specifically, and I think that's really interesting, and it actually leads me to a question um, that was inspired by a professor who I'm currently in a class with, and so he and I have been emailing back and forth, and I let him know um, that I was doing this podcast live tonight, and he had kind of a question for you all. So he said, this is Dr. Matt Andrews, by the way, um, the WNBA players have been at have been at the forefront of using the court or field for symbolic protests, yet all anyone talks about are the male athletes. This is a trend repeated in the larger telling of the civil rights movement. Where do women so much of the work and male activists are the face of the struggle? What are your thoughts or opinions on this coverage of female activism versus male activism, especially since you all um, organized the UNC protests? And then, you know, as we, as we, it wasn't honestly, um, as widely, I guess, publicized that it was organized by three women. I think it's a lot of times assumed that it, it was just a larger group in general when it was really the three of you. So do you have any thoughts there? Um, I definitely agree with that statement from just past history, seeing things. But um, I think overall we've had a pretty good – I don't think we were overshadowed this time too much. I did see like maybe one or two – things on social media where it was like focusing on the basketball team that was there like they they were on the forefront which is fine because they definitely attended but you know it was just a publicity type thing I feel like so that was one thing but um other than that I feel like we definitely got like our props or whatever for (laughs) starting this and actually putting everything together yeah I agree with Lauren I think we definitely got the recognition we deserved but I do you think that when I was going through Twitter afterwards, the big headline stories were that men's basketball were there, football was there. It wasn't necessarily that we were the ones that organized it or that women's soccer, every single person on the team was there. It wasn't like that. It was more focused on the big names of men's basketball and football that were there. I completely agree with what both Lauren and Rachel said. Um, I did see, like, even in the Daily Tar Heel, I was looking at it, and there was a huge picture of the um, – the basketball players and then there was like a little picture of me and Lauren at the bottom and I didn't I don't even think I saw Rachel up there once so I was but I, her name was in there her name was when in the article so I was like well you know I just wanted more pictures of the women rather than men yeah um it was really interesting to me when he brought that up and he had talked a little bit about that in class um and I think again it kind of goes along with the theme of the podcast of, you know, benched. A lot of times women do take the bench, even when they're not. You guys were the ones who organized this protest. And, um, you know, from what I saw from media coverage, it, it didn't seem that way. Not to throw shade at anyone or any media or anything. I think it's just interesting and it shows kind of a larger culture of sports. Um, but moving back into the topic at hand, I wanted to know... What does the Black Lives Matter movement to each to mean to each of you all? And if you have any college athletic experience or just experience in general that you wanted to share with everyone here today? 
Yeah, so for me, Black Lives Matter just simply means that our lives, if they're lost, they deserve, the people that did it deserve punishment. They shouldn't just go go past, like, a thing that just happened, like, oh, this black person died. The police that's um, uh, responsible for it doesn't get punished. It's not that we're trying to say that our lives matter more than anybody else. It's just that we're trying to bring ourselves up to the same level that white people are seen as in this nation. I agree with that. Um, I believe I saw, excuse me, a post from um, former President Barack Obama, and it was just explaining how, like, what is meant by the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's like, he literally said exactly what Rachel said, that we are, like, right now, Black lives are here in society, and we're trying to, you know, bring ourselves up to the same level as everybody else to be equal. I had a question for you guys. Um just specifically relating to athletics and I think it's a common theme right now when you look at like I I had a uh, teammate actually text me she was like I scrolled through like after Go Heels posted like Black Lives Matter she's like I scrolled through the comments and I really wish I didn't like I'm crying it is just so sad have you guys like seen or anything or seen on social media via your accounts or via even UNC accounts something that was just so disappointing, especially, like, you expect that fans support you on and off the field. What are your thoughts surrounding that? Because a lot of times the support does end when the jersey's taken off. Yeah, um, over the summer, one of the basketball players had posted something on Twitter, and people were just going at him in the comments about how, like, he shouldn't, you know, be saying what he's saying, or he... um, should just stick to dribbling a ball and that like really made me angry because I'm like you see he's a person and you see he has a voice but when he expresses how he feels you get upset with him so I I just kind of felt like that was like really the goal of the march is to show everybody we have a voice and we're going to use it no matter what anybody tells us in social media comments no, no matter what anybody says to us I don't know while we're shooting a ball or while we're running we're still gonna you know express our thoughts yeah I think I also read the comments under the go heels post that it literally just said black lives matter it was nothing about like a presidential candidate anything all it said was black lives matter period and under the comments I saw one person said like you guys are going to make me turn into a duke fan because of this I think for me that was it was really disheartening honestly because I know for a fact that when Michael Carter scored his touchdown last weekend, all those people were cheering for him. But then once he posts something about Black Lives Matter, they're enraged. But he very well could be one of those people that his life is eventually lost because of of police, honestly. And if that were to happen, would they then turn around and fight for him? Or would they then turn and say Blue Lives Matter? So I think it was really just tough for me to think that, wow, some of these people that are coming to every single one of our games – they only see us as a person when we have that Carolina blue on. Yeah, no, that's that's a great that's a great like way to visualize it for sure. And I think that's super disappointing. I know I've had conversations with people and it's just sometimes so disheartening because you're just like, I feel like I'm talking to a wall, like you're not listening to what I'm saying and I can't get through to you. Um, but moving into like the larger picture of college athletics in general, a lot of uh, schools over the summer started initiatives and started things at their individual schools. But what do you think college universities, specifically athletic programs, can do 
um, to make a difference in their communities, their athletic communities, and specifically for their black athletes? Um, I say one of the biggest things that any college university um, can do to support the black athletes is listen to the black athletes. And when something is, you know, suggested or brought up, just like listen and hear them out. Don't be so ready to um, jump to the, oh, well, we don't know if we have the funds here. We don't know if we'll be able to do this. But I feel like a lot of um, a lot of universities just should like step out. Like, don't be afraid to, you know, not be with the in crowd. Like, that's what my mom literally used to tell me all the time. Don't be afraid to step out of the bubble and, you know, just do you. Yeah, and then going off that, I think that one thing that universities in general can do is increase their diversity in hiring. So, like, at UNC in our athletic program, we have, I think, three black people in our entire program. And I think that sort of came to light during the summer when I think people on certain teams where they were the only black person they really needed to talk to and a black um, athletic department person, and they only had three options. So I think increasing the diversity within our department as a whole would be huge. Yeah, I think those are all great suggestions. And I think um, just looking at like the larger picture of the NCAA and how, you know, a lot of, I, I think too, we're seeing more and more a lot of like the NCAA or universities themselves are posting things and, you know, having social media campaigns, but I think actions speak much louder than words and so moving forward especially in the next couple months the next couple years seeing what universities and specifically the NCAA what they do um, to really try to make a difference I think is is very important. Um, I have a couple more questions before we move into the Q&A. What does the power of protest mean to you? Like to me it just means like a way to you know show your voice and you know get people to hear what you like hear what you have to say because you can like you said you can feel like you're speaking to a brick wall but at some point you have to make your voice bigger yeah for me I think it's a way to call attention to an issue and make sure that you're being heard like what Nicole said and also to me I think it's also a way to show that you love your country because by protesting we're showing that we want our country to be better and we want our country to live up to the ideals that we are founded on that we haven't necessarily realized yet I think um, protesting shows the amount of support you have behind that specific topic. Like, if all those people didn't come out there, then it would just seem like it only affects, you know, two or three people. But the fact that everybody came out there showed that they really supported and they felt some kind of way about Black Lives Matter and they felt that they needed a change. So I think it just shows, like, how many people it may or may not impact and, you know... Moving forward, do you guys have any future plans or anything in mind to continue to ride this momentum with the recent protests? Um, so I have already, uh, you know, brought this up to um, Cricket and some other executive people about trying to make this protest a annual protest. Um, just because it's not like this isn't just a one-time thing. And I know sometimes you hear the BLM, um, just the whole initiative, it dies down after a while. But we want to, like Cricket says all the time, we want to keep the steam going. We want to keep the ball rolling. And so I feel like making this a annual thing will um, 
will kind of, you know, keep that fire going. And even like inviting maybe alumni or different people who work on campus to, you know, join with us to show that they are in support of the um, they are in support of the whole entire movement and they support us as student athletes. Also, UNC Spectrum had a meeting this past weekend. I brought up um, potentially having a student athlete panel and we will focus on other topics, but the first main topic would be racism and social injustice and things like that to educate teams specifically and maybe even coaches and just have everybody get on one accord. Yeah, and another way that we've helped keep the ball rolling since the protest is that we we switched our energy from the protest to voter registration. So after that, we had two weeks of voter registration by where we go and pick up our snacks. And through that, we got a lot of people registered and some teams are 100% registered, which is awesome. And from that, we're switching instead from voter registration now to voter planning so that we know we know that there will be issues with voting coming out in November. So we're trying to make sure that everybody plans ahead so they, they know if they're going to go vote in person, where they're going to go, if they're going to go to early voting, or if they're doing absentee ballot. We're trying to get them to get their ballots now and mail them as soon as possible so that they can ensure that their votes are heard. Awesome. Um, another question I had uh, before we move into the Q&A was, do you think being an athlete gives you a unique platform to support Black Lives Matter and kind of put it out there more I know we touched on this a little bit earlier but if you guys have any more comments I 100% think being a UNC athlete or a division one athlete gives you a unique platform because you have to think about it you're on a level to where so many people are looking up to you not even like not even just even other college athletes looking to you like um high school athletes, middle school athletes, even elementary school athletes. Like my little sister is in the sixth grade and I know she's always looking up to me thinking about, well, what can I do to be like Nicole? Or what can I do to, you know, even my mom always says, be better than the person next to you. So what can I do to even surpass Nicole? So I feel like our platform is so large that we can, you know, share our voice and express what we need to. Yeah, and I think just seeing how many news outlets were at the protest when we only gave them one day notice shows how much of a voice we have and how much strength we have in this community. So, and then also just like how many, it wasn't even like those news outlets just had one post about us. It was multiple things. So like our voices do matter. And I think this protest really did reinforce that. I also feel like that we have a more broad audience we have like fans, we have other athletes, we have other students, like we have like so many people we can reach out to and spread our message to that our voice really does impact. Yeah, um, another quick thing. What were your thoughts when the NBA strikes started? What was going through your head? And like, um, I know it ended with some of the players, the reason that they ended up playing was because they got their owners to agree to let stadiums become voter registration or voting sites. So I thought that was a pretty cool kind of ending. But um, we talked about this actually in my history class that I alluded to earlier, but it was a little bit surprising um, that they came to an agreement. But what were you guys thinking during the whole process? Was this something you thought would happen or could you ever see this kind of happening again? Yeah, I thought it was an extremely powerful thing because the NBA obviously is a very popular um, league in our country. And 
a lot of the biggest stars are black. And you can see like sometimes when LeBron James, he talks about a social issue, there's definitely people every single time saying, you're not qualified to talk about this. You need to just shut up and dribble. And I think by the entire league coming together and saying, no matter if we're LeBron, we're one of the white players, we're all standing together and saying, we're not okay with what's going on. It doesn't matter if we are white or black, but we're standing up to we're standing up together and putting a united front against this. Yeah, certainly. And one of the things that um I was thinking about, I was I was making lists, making like you know coming up with different things we can do for the protest. Um, don't be afraid of backlash. So yeah, you're gonna get the people who are oh you guys shouldn't be doing this. You guys just need to like Rachel said, shut up and dribble or shut up and run, shut up and kick a soccer ball, whatever. But it's like, don't you don't don't be afraid of what anybody else is going to say. Just do you and, you know, keep pushing. Yeah, just go for it. Stand up for what you believe and we'll be there to support. I'll be there. I know that. (laughs) Um, A question from Cricket. We saw this past weekend that uh, fans booed football players standing for unity. How did you feel and what keeps you going? Um, I actually watched this video, um, on YouTube a few days ago because one of, um, one of my fellow athletes brought it up, um, and I was kind of surprised. It was so many people in the stadium booing at one time. I was just, like, baffled. I was like, you guys can't find anything else to do? (laughs) I don't know, text on your phone or something, but, you know, booing athletes that you guys have come to watch is, is beyond me for one, and then booing them as they're doing something that is so crucial and so um, important to them is too much. (laughs) Yeah, I think it also shows that the counter arguments to Black Lives Matter, to kneeling during the anthem, aren't about pride for your country or pride for the anthem. It is about issues with Black people and being racist, point blank, period. Like, it's not that they're against... Like, there was nothing else going on during this video. It was just silent, and they were standing, and they were still booing them. So it just shows that some that we're just not in the place that we need to be as a country yet. That really, um, that really reinforced the reason why we were marching, to show that we're more than just athletes. Like, it really showed people in plain view, like, people are trying to be united, and people are really against them for that. For something so wholesome and just so supportive of one another, people are actually booing these people for coming together and becoming one, essentially. So, yeah, it was just disappointing to see. It just showed that we needed change and that what we did was for a reason, and it just showed that reason. Yeah, so um, I'm going to start to wrap it up, but I would love a final comment or any anything you want to add before before we end. Uh, I'd just say thank you to everybody to, that tuned in and also um, to turn this energy that we have towards social justice, racism, into energy towards voting coming November because at the end of the day, nothing is going to change unless we can get these rules changed and have police held accountable. And yeah, so just make sure that you vote in November and get your plan ready so that your vote is counted. Yeah, so thank you everyone so much for turning into this hybrid version of Benched. And I really want to thank you three for all your all of your activism and all of your bravery and for taking the time out of your crazy busy schedules to come here and sit on another Zoom call on a 7 p.m. on a Tuesday. So I really appreciate it. And I think it's just so phenomenal 
that three female athletes were behind this amazing protest and you guys should really um, be given the credit for that and be proud of what you did because it's so amazing and you've inspired so many people. So thank you again for everything and I am so happy to have you on. So thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of Benched. We appreciate it. Want to share your story? Whether you prefer to share on a podcast, in a video, on a panel, or in a written blog, we cannot wait to hear from you. Just go to uncutchapelhill.com, that is uncutchapelhill.com, click get involved, and then share your story. Amplifying your voice has never been so easy.